Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. A little over a decade ago, I'm sure if somebody said she was into sculpture, you ask, what exactly is that? Not because there were no sculptors around, but because for somebody with a university degree, certain areas of endeavor were not the, the, the first thing you will think about when you think about a career. But a group of people have redefined the economic space and gained mastery in these fields. And they have become leading lights that many others are looking at and believing that they can live their own dreams. I have one such person in the show tonight. One of those expanding the economic space and making it possible for several others to take their God-given talent and turn it into a full-time professional career. My guest for tonight, Constance Swanica, a household name in a particular field of endeavor and cuts across several fields as well. She's traveled across the world, held exhibitions in different countries, but she is an award-winning sculptor, a person who does art in different forms. I'm going to find out from here, what is the compelling thing about art and how do you use your talent to do business? And very importantly, what are the 10 keys that drive her life? She's on the Springboard Virtual University tonight. And let me welcome you, Constance. This is the first time we've had the privilege of having you on Springboard. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Albert. Good to see you. So we will be exploring your thoughts very shortly, but let me take a minute to... I hope your day has been good. Right, let me increase your volume on your mic. Yeah. Come closer so my, guess, my, okay. my listeners can hear you. Right, so we'll be finding out about art, about life, about lessons, about the critical success factors, mm-hmm. and, and 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 find out the link between arts and and life lessons. But let me let me give you a sense of what our commitments, our general commitments, are on this show for the year 2016. We've come up with. In, in place of the usual New Year resolutions that people often forget, we've carved our own commitments. We did, we did the same last year, and this year we have our commitments for the year 2016 that all our listeners have virtually signed up to. And it's about continuous improvement in three areas. First, improve yourself as a person in the area of your faith, your character, and your relationships. Second, improve your value as a person, how you position your brand, how you leverage your various assets, how you, your income streams, your network of relationships, and your knowledge base. That is improving your value. The third area of improvement is your strategy or your approach to life. Get things right the first time. Do them efficiently, hassle-free, and very importantly, do them cheaper than the competition. So these are the three areas of improvement. Improve yourself, improve your value, and improve your strategy. What do you think about those? Uh, food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> you you must sign the declaration before you leave that you're signing up to these commitments. Definitely. Yes, definitely. So let's let me pay some respects to our sponsors, Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. And when I come back, we'll find out from Constance your ten critical success factors tonight. It's in between art, accents, and arts, iron mongrels, sculpting, and everything in between. My guest is Constance Swanica, helping us with the critical success factors. Constance, let's start from art. Your interest in art. Is it is it is it hereditary genetic? Is it is it how did you get into art? Is it in the family? Um, you know, for a long time, I 
asked myself a lot of questions because I grew up in a family where my siblings were very academic, math and science, um, straight A's, and I was very different. I struggled with math, and um, I found solace in just drawing, and you know, that was my life. Um, it was actually my mother who discovered that I was different, and she stayed my my interest in that direction. But I think as I grew older, um, I realized that it was actually from her side. Uh, my mom is an Amatefu, and traditionally they were goldsmiths. So I guess somewhere deeply downrooted, it was talent that I, I, you know, I possessed. Talking about about talent and about being different, I met somebody who is very interested in providing alternative education and he suggested that he's going to design a special educational system that works with people right from the beginning using their talents to develop them rather than pushing them down the usual math and the, the usual curriculum that sometimes puts so much pressure on people yeah. you think it's a good idea definitely i mean because i mean i felt a lot of pressure growing up at home um my siblings were really bright and you know, you lose your confidence. I mean, in school, you're perceived dumb, you know, but what teachers don't realize that we express ourselves differently. Right. We, we use our hands more. So, you know, I think this huge problem in the school curriculum that right from the onset that the teachers are not identifying talent and sorting out the different skills that students possess right from the onset. Right. So by the time we, we start to do any kind of sorting, it's about too, almost too late. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it takes a lot of confidence away from kids, I think so. Right. Let me let me explore the other area I'm interested in tonight, which is the fact that um, most there's a bit of stereotype when it comes to career choice. Most people have a certain shortlist, especially growing up. I mean, there was a certain shortlist that you must fall in. And if you're not in that shortlist, parents are wondering, oh, what exactly are you doing with all this? I mean, mm -hmm. now it's a bit broader because we, we have so many role models, people who are doing well in other fields. But earlier on, you must be in a certain selection. You must be doctor, lawyer, I mean, the, the accountant. I mean, there was some shortlist that you must be in. Mm -hmm. Did you find that growing up, did, did you indicate early in life that you were going to art? Um, I don't know. Actually, I wanted to study hotel management, and my mom was like, the most important person in the hotel is the porter. So definitely, that is a no-no. <laughs> you know, but I loved cooking. I loved using my hands, and right. I thought I wanted to study hotel management. But I loved art as well, and actually, she was the one who said, well, since you can't do the traditional subjects, you know, definitely law, definitely not the other things, why don't you just go and do art in university? And afterwards, whatever happens, Something. really, yeah. So I just, I, I, you know, I carved my own future. And when I graduated, I said, well, this is all I know. I'm definitely not going to. Most of my mates ended up in the banks, but I said, you know, this is what I know. And you have to decide what you want to do yourself. At the time, was there any mentor, any, any any role model, somebody who held you by the hand and pointed you, showed you the ropes? Um, I was fortunate enough to work with an aunt of mine that owned the carpentry workshop, and it was such, it was an amazing environment. I worked alongside carpenters, and I think from that experience, you know, um, 
my spirit just kind of like led me into that whole workshop environment. I just felt that I belonged there. And like, that's all I like, did. Like, like an apprentice carpenter? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, actually, the first time, I always tell people the story, the first time I walked in there, she laughed at me. was like, you want to work alongside carpenters? Okay. So she gave me sandpaper, and my job was to sand down chairs and tables by right. hand. Right. Not with a sandpaper machine. You sand them down with different right. grades of sandpaper. Right. I lasted for five years. Five years sanding five years. furniture? Well, she promoted me. I graduated. <laughs> Yeah, so wow. every holiday um, from school, I would go and work in the workshop, and eventually I made office manager. Really? Yeah. What What did that do in terms of your own journey? What did that experience do for you? Um, it all begins with one step. I think a lot of the times we we all possess amazing things inside us, but people are afraid of the initial step, and you know, afraid of where the journey will take us. But what I've come to realize that, you know, people who are not afraid to take that bold step are usually the ones that go on to succeed and also carve out niche, you know, a niche thing for themselves. You have to be bold. You have to be fearless. You have to be fearless of the unknown. And I think that's what makes life exciting. You know. Let's talk about the excitement of life. So... For the benefit of our listeners, give us a sense of what exactly you do. When I say Iron Monkey, what's that one? I'm here as a sculptor. What exactly do you do for a living? Albert, I studied um, sculpture at university. Um, but I worked in a woodworking factory. But I fell in love with metal because I metal is so malleable. It's, I found that it was actually very easy to use much easier to use and um, to work with than me- than wood. Right. So it was just a love affair with metal. And so that's what I do. Have you done any poetry? No. A love affair with <laughs> metal. Affair with metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So what we do, accents and art, we do very fine, um, I call it functional art. So balustrading and gates and burglar proofing and accent pieces and furniture. Basically, we do anything. Um, so we work closely with architects and interior designers and builders and all sorts. It's very exciting. I love what I do. So that's my life. And you have a team of people who work with you who yes. love what you do. Yes. Too. So we, we have artisans, we have welders, carpenters, uh, sprayers. And it's, it's a very lively workshop environment. Right. So that's what we do. Recently, you opened an educational institute. Give us a sense of what, what that meant for the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use my own experience. Um, when we were in tech, we were not exposed to industry at all. Um, like I said, all I we just went to do, study art and whatever happens after that. So it wasn't surprising that most of my mates ended up in the banks because they were not, you know... Um, exposed to what transpired after school, especially if you're doing creative um, courses. Um, my experience in the workshop, you know, gave me the foundation to and the confidence to open my own workshop. So, in the past seven or you know to eight years, we work closely with universities and the polytechnics, and students come in to gain industry experience. So, interesting enough, fast forward. Um, the schools realized that there was a big gap in the school curriculum. So now it's they have this 10 to 12 week mandatory industry experience. 
you have to go out into industry and um, get your hands dirty, basically. So it dawned on me that, well, we need an alternative school, a school that will allow you to go straight into industry instead of going to do a four-year degree program and then deciding, you know, I want to get my hands dirty. And we find that in university, you know, you're doing a practical courses and you're doing 80% of that in theory and 20% in practicals. You're doing a practical, exactly. You know, so what we do is um, at the institute, it's 80% practicals and 20% theory, such that by the time you graduate, you know, um, you should be a master craftsman. You should be equipped to be able to, to set up your own workshop or collaborate with, you know, your peers and be gainfully employed. Definitely influenced by five years of sanding with different qualities of sandpaper and rising all the way to become factory manager. All right, so my guest for tonight, if you just joined us in Springboard Adventure University, Constance Swanick has given us an idea of how to get your hands dirty in industry and how to work with malleable metals. She calls it a love affair with metals. Right, so tonight we are we want to find out from you your 10 critical success factors but let me ask you the question I would, I would ask everyone I get to interview on this in this series observation and experience which one is a better teacher why um, for me um, observation first of all I'm an, I'm an artist so that's what I know you know to observe and I find that um, just being quiet and observing you learn so much more and it's funny, I always say that um, when I walk into a room, the first thing I'm looking at, I, you have to absorb your environment. And then you study people. You'd be amazed at what people feed off. And if you go into a business meeting, whatever you're doing, you know exactly you're armed even before you, you begin your day. So I tend to study a lot. I'm very quiet, but I soak in. I see everything, everything to the last detail. <laughs> Relevant information if you ever have to do business with Constance. When she comes into that meeting, make no mistake, that first one minute she's observing everything and what you feed off. All right, so let's do it this week. You've got your 10 critical success factors you want to share with us, principally from observation as well as from experience. Mm-hmm. All right, so give it, give, it, give, it, give it to us one after the other so we can keep us in suspense. Okay. What would the first one be? Um, for me, finding a good balance. Um, I'm a single mother with two teenage boys, so and I have a very demanding lifestyle. So finding a good balance, I always tell my kids that I need to take care of myself first before I can take care of you and take care of the business. Um, so naturally, being a woman, being a multitasker, you know, you have to to find a good balance and I think that you know once you find that balance that works with you there's so much more you can do and achieve so that's one so finding a good balance finding a good when balance when you say taking good care of yourself first what does it mean for the benefit of our listeners our listeners tend to ask questions and, and grasp details just like you so yeah. what does it mean to look after yourself first are you talking about spiritually are you talking about financially are you talking about you being the first priority mm-hmm. what, what, what does it mean to look I after think yourself first of all you're, you know the mindset um my life is very stressful, extremely stressful. So being in the right frame of mind, um, I was going to come to spirituality, but, you know, just hmm, balance. 
you're always drawing it. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is balance. And make, make sure that the weights are, you know, really exactly. Right. You know, listeners, I'm going to ask, as is our custom, after she finishes, I'm going to ask you to tell me which one is it that that really speaks to you. I find that anytime you're sharing, different people, depending on the, where they are in life, appreciate a particular one more than the other because it speaks to their own journey and their own aspirations. Hey, if you have one that you think speaks to you very much, you can send us your thoughts by WhatsApp on 024 or you can be so gracious as to post them either on my Facebook page or Comfort's Facebook page or hey, go to Legacy Legacy dash legacy and then post your thoughts there which of these 10 critical success factors speaks to you the most the first one is finding a good balance or the right balance what will be number two number two on my list is integrity i'm very big on integrity i always say that first of all you need to be very honest with yourself i have i have interviewed almost every person that we have interviewed that has been told to choose either there are three foundational drivers or there are ten critical success factors without fail. Last year in our series on C with CEOs, mm-hmm. by far the number one was integrity. What, yeah. what is it about integrity that gets a, a selection on everybody's list? You know, I always said that for as a business person, um, I believe in being very fair. I always tell um, my accountant that you can imagine if you're doing a costing and you overprice your product and your client finds that you've overbilled them for a particular thing, how do you think they'll feel? They'll never come back to you. And when that happens, then all your clients will hear about it. Um, you need to be fair in all your dealings. And life is like that. It's either black or white. So having integrity is very big as a business person. So number one, find the right balance. Number two, have integrity. Have integrity. Yeah. Right. If you want to succeed, that is top top of the list. Right. <laughs> and I'm asking you for your own favorites when I finish. Okay. What will be number three? Number three is um, humility. Humility. Yeah. Somebody said to me that will never make it on my list because everybody knows I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And how would you describe humility? I mean. Some people think humility is a facial expression. Some, no. some somebody thinks it's, it's a character attribute. What exactly? Is I think for me, it's a, it's a powerful thing because, you know, um, I've always worked in a male-dominated environment. My first experience in the workshop, you know, I, as I was explaining, um, if you're coming in here, yeah, I was coming in as a university student working with artisans who can't even read and write you know and these are artisans that I was learning from right I always tell students that you have to get off your high horse and you have to come down to the level of these guys if you don't have humility I don't think that you're open to learn so I always tell young people that I work with if you don't have humility you will not learn right you're not open you will not be an open vessel to absorb new things very interesting point you make. Yeah. So the, the experts may not have your education, but they hold the key they to, hold it. to where you are going. It's, it's very critical, especially in the area we work in. Right. These are guys who, for generations down the line, have had that talent and that craftsmanship passed down from, you know, to them. 
institutional memory and exactly. So you're coming in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get out that high horse, <laughs> you will not learn. Right. So number one, finding the right balance. Number two, integrity. Number three, humility. What will be number four on your list? Being agile. So agility. Agility. That sounds like a goalkeeper's critical success factor. Mm-hmm. Be very quick to adapt to change. So agility means adaptability. Yeah. Right. Why mm. is that, why is that important? And is it also influenced by the, the the industry you find yourself in? Exactly. And I I find that um a lot of businesses suffer because they're not quick, you know, to see change. And that's where observation comes in. You should see things before they happen. And you should move at, you know, great speed. Speed also keeps you on top of your game. It keeps you ahead of your competition. So I'm very big on agility as well. Right. So basically what you're saying is that the, 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 the mindset of many people prevents them from being swift to latch on to what is going to happen next and preempted by making the right move. I think most of the time we get too comfortable. You know, um, I always tell people that you can't get comfortable. You can't get complacent. You know, you always have eyes all around you. See what is happening, you know, um, especially around the world. You know, um, so I read a lot. I tend to read a lot. I ask questions. I want to know what is happening, even before it happens. So when it happens, you're there. You're part of the first five. It would seem to me that your choice, your selection is largely influenced by three things. Mm -hmm. Your personality, your industry, and your experience. Am I correct? Yeah. I draw a lot on my experience. Right. My own personal experience. It would seem so. It would seem so. Because I'm looking at what you choose and why you choose it and I see that you your explanation is always driven by your own experiences. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll delve a bit more into that. What will be your number five? Number five is um, living within your means, um, growing organically. I find that for me, I don't like pressure. I don't work with bank loans. I've grown my business organically. I have learned that way you know you make mistakes you make small mistakes and you learn from them as you go along and you keep plowing back it makes you very disciplined as well you know but if you don't live within your means you would find a lot of weight on you and I don't think that as um, a young person in business or for any business owner if, you know for you to have external pressure that you could have controlled so learn to do things within your means live within your means and the rest will come. You know, I always say that just do good work. It will come. It will come when it's supposed to come. You like to be in charge. Yes. You don't like surprises. No. Right. Which animal represents you best? If you had to choose an animal, that's the attributes of the animal. The cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> you just joined us here. This is not, this is not animal planet. <laughs> My guest is Constance Swanika, and my name is Albert Okran. We are exploring her 10 critical success factors in our quest to find out from our leaders select, selected carefully from different fields the keys that drive their lives. 
either by observation or by experience the things that move them the things that drive them the lessons they've learned and it's evident that my guest for tonight is drawing deeply or richly from her own personality from the industry she works in and from experiences garnered over the years and so far she's given us five keys that you don't want to forget the first one is having the right balance in life uh, multitasking having a family taking care of herself first and then the family and the business she talked about integrity being fair in your dealings with everyone and knowing that whatever you do it will come back to you the third is humility having the posture that allows you to learn from other people the fourth is agility what she calls agility being agile or being adaptable being being quick to make the right changes and to anticipate challenges before they come. The fifth is to live within your means, or what she calls to grow organically. Don't stress yourself with things that will come back to bite you. Let's go to the second half of this interesting football match, what Constance calls a love affair with metals. <laughs> right. So what will be your number six? Okay, so my number six would be embracing challenges. Actually, I love challenges. And I look forward to them. For somebody who doesn't like trouble or who doesn't like stress, oh yeah, what's the difference between challenges and stress? Educate me. Because <laughs> I find that with challenges, there's always the opportunity to learn. Um, there's always the opportunity to grow. And so I look forward to them and I embrace them because I always look at the lesson, the underlying lesson that I was supposed to have learned. Because so I think challenges that... Challenges bring stress. No, it doesn't at all. Really? Yeah. So what do you call And challenges are meant to come our way. They're meant to come our way. We're supposed to learn from the lessons. And I always say, if you just see through it and you understand the story. So give us a sense of the challenges you are talking about. Because I, 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 I try to speculate mm-hmm. challenges about resource constraints, challenges about betrayal of by business partners. Um, competition that is unrelenting. What kind? Of, what kind of challenges are you thinking about, and why will they? How will you embrace them? Well, but I tell you, you know, I studied at university. I just ended up into, you know, I, I just went into business by chance. We didn't study entrepreneurship. We didn't study any of those fancy things. Everything I know was just by embracing challenges. Right. Everything so I know. You learned on the job. I learned on the job. I've learned the hard, hard way. Right. And so I, I look forward to them because I always tell people that uh, my sales contract that I have in place, mm. I'm a lawyer, I'm an accountant, I'm everything in one. Because <laughs> you have accountants who would come in and work with you and you don't understand your own accounts and would do crazy things. But now I understand accounts more than even my accountant. You know, I understand law, I understand business, I understand so many things. And, you know, as... We set up the art school, the art institute. These are some of the things that we're looking at sharing with students. That, yeah, challenges will come, but you embrace them. And it gets to a time, you know, you don't call them challenges anymore. They just, when blows deal with you, you, you know, you, you hit them back. But now, you know, you have the strength um, to face them head on. So they, they no longer become challenges, but they're just another hurdle for you to go over. 
And so if you're mentoring, you're mentoring young people seeking to also use their talents to build businesses and live out their dreams. And they complain to you about the challenges that are the most commonly complained about ones, the lack of capital, nobody's giving you space. And if they brought up a gender issue that, listen, mm-hmm. this is a male-dominated field and nobody's listening to me or giving me a chance, what would be your key advice to somebody like that? Stop whining. Stop whining? Stop whining. <laughs> None of us started business with, you know, we all started off, and that's why I said live within your means, grow right. organically. Right. But some people want to hit, hit the ground running. That is not life. Uh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the kids call it these days, but right. that is not life. Right. So, so grow organically and yeah. embrace challenges. Exactly. All right. Number seven. Um, my circle of elders, I would call them. Um, I don't make friends with young people, deliberately. My friends are all typically 50 and above. Why? I find um, so much wisdom in chatting with them. I love old people, especially old women. The secrets they have up their sleeves, you'll be amazed. And I think being a woman in business, um, if you hear some of the stories that they share, you look at your own life and you say to yourself, yeah, stop whining. You know, they've gone through so much and they've survived it. Um, so it's just it's just a pool of wisdom that I, I like to, to tap into. That is very important to me. And, and so is, that, is, that, is that, of, of all these people you call a circle of elders, is there is there somebody in particular that you would like to make mm-hmm. a dedication to tonight, celebrate them for something that, a dark moment, a very tough moment that they brought you some wisdom that really made a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I know of people who, hey, I sit down and look at my life today and I see at certain critical junctions in my life, thank God this person was there because... That five-minute intervention was worth ten years of schooling. Yeah. Do you have such people in your life that you'd like to celebrate tonight? I mean, mm-hmm. mention them by name and celebrate them. Um, I have a um, industry colleague, um, Mr. Charles Setcher. He's like in his late fifties. Charles Setcher. Yeah. We'll um, for Charles tonight. Okay. And he really held my hand in industry. I would call him my big brother in industry. He taught me the ropes and everything that I know. Um, he really has been very instrumental in my growth. So I'm very grateful to him. Yeah. Are you still in touch with him? Yes, we're very good friends. Right. Very good friends. Right. And I said to him that, you know, um, when you're old and with your walking stick, I'd like to see you walking around the campus. Because, I mean, Charles didn't go to university. Um, he, he's a builder by profession, but he's, he loves doing what he does. Right. He's an exceptional builder. Right. And he falls within the top 1% bracket of what we call, like, He's super smart. Wow. Yeah. Make sure that the walking stick is not a wooden stick. It's a metal <laughs> stick. <laughs> All right. Number eight on your list. Spirituality. Spirituality. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you, do, how do you, what, what do you call spirituality? I only ask the questions. I try to understand people. Yeah. You know, being an artist, we're different. Um, we're very different. We see things differently. Um, we process everything differently. Um, and I think the more you are in tune with yourself as an artist, the more the more you experience things that people don't see. That alone is, 
I'll call it an out-of-body experience. Mm. Maybe I don't make sense, but that's just the artist way of speaking. Um, so you find that the more you're in tune with yourself, the more I find that God opens things to you. The more, the better you become as an artist, as a creative person. Is there a place for the supernatural in design? I think so. You know, it's funny. I always tell people that I, I wake up and I have dreamt designs. You wake up knowing exactly what to do. It's just a gift that God has given us. Um, and I find that um, being spiritual also as a business person has helped me overcome a lot of the challenges that I've gone through as a business person. Um, being a mom, basically, my whole life, that I'm very grateful. I have a deep sense of reflection that I'm, I'm deeply reflective of things and I'm very much aware of consequences and the impact of not making the right choices. This is a very interesting conversation. I'm happy with Constance Swanica, an artist, a sculptor, a person who deals with functional art, which expresses itself in, in several interesting products. And I'm, I have the privilege of having some of her work in my house from several years ago. And, and, and I got to meet her physically for the very first time this week. And so your work has preceded you <laughs> somehow. And that's how it works out. I, I recall traveling several years ago to a country I had not been to before, and at the airport, somebody says, wow, I finally met you. I read a book in my life, and I said, I, I haven't been here before. <laughs> your, your book had gone ahead of you. Yeah. So, so eight is spirituality. Let's talk about number nine. Number nine is, uh, my list would be forgiveness. Don't bear grudges. Um, when you forgive, you feel very light. And that's very big for me because... I would not be at my creative best if I have a lot on my mind. My mind has to be very free on the time. So I don't bear grudges. I don't have time to to let things bother me. You have to let go all the time. So that's that's very big for me as well. I I, I let me ask you this question. Bitterness, envy, resentment. Have, resentment. Do they have a negative impact on creativity? we really must have a very free mind you know to be at your creative best you really have to have a very free mind you know um you cannot be weighed down by stuff right so i don't let things get to me at all i just don't are you a carefree person i can be sometimes i'm trying to understand Constance Sonica. I've put down a few words that describe you. I'll give them to you as a gift at the end of the show. Alright, so number 10 will be Love Life. Tell me about that one. I know you have a love affair with metals. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Loving Life. Your love life, yes. No, not, I didn't say love life, no, you, but I said just, just loving life. <laughs> love life. You said love life, so yeah. I'm asking about love life. Um, you mean loving life? Yeah, just All loving right, life. Alright, right, that's okay. Embracing it, um, just you know, living for the moment, being in the moment. Um, don't be so hard on yourself. I think you know, people are too hard on themselves. What hasn't happened before, and whatever choices you make, um, if you feel good about it, fine, but you have to be in the moment. 
This is Springboard Your Virtual University. My guest, Constance Elizabeth Swanica, the CEO of Accents and Arts, walking us through her 10 critical success factors. Adam from Dansuman says, Hey, for sure, my selection of being observant and humility. Humility was number number three. And so that is Adam's choice. Which one is your own choice? I'm going to open the phone lines now. 0302216541. Call into the show and tell me of the 10 critical success factors that my guest has shared, which one of them speaks to your aspirations the most? And are you also like her, influenced by your own experiences, by your own work or industry, and then by your own background or personality? Well, the, the 10 are, are, are here. Find the right balance, integrity, humility, agility, living within your means, embracing change, having a circle of elders, spirituality, forgiveness, and just loving life. Which, will, which one would be your favorite? Call into the show. Let's talk. I have a, guest, I have a caller tonight. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening, Albert. Your name, where are you calling from, please? I'm Echo, calling from Ali Jaradas, and good evening to your guests, your cherished listeners who have made time to tune in the program. All right, Echo, so tell me, which one would be your favorite? Oh, Miss Albert, the integrity. Integrity is my is, is mine. Why would you choose integrity? Oh, integrity because it, it makes you to be loyal and which is here to which 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 enhance efficiency to us all. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you too. Right. Hello. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Your name. Where are you calling from, please? Yeah. My Henry from come Did you say er- Eric or Henry? Henry. 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 Henry H. All right. Henry. Tell me which of the ten will be your number one. I would choose humility and agility. Humility and agility. Yes. Sir. You want to be humble and then you want to jump. Yes. Um, <laughs> agility itself is being able to adjust the situations at the time. That uh, the weather which we find ourselves in, if you specialize on one side, you have very challenging. Right. It's obtaining. So, oh, humility coming down and um, agility. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Eric. Eric. All right, Eric, give me a sense of which of the 10 critical sex factors spoke to you the most. Um, embrace challenges. Embrace challenges? Uh, yes. I was telling courses that that one, it, it scares me. The challenges can sometimes <laughs> be very, very atrocious. <laughs> yes. Because I, I, work, um, I work at a place that we had a challenge, but <clears throat> when the challenges started, you know, my my boss could could not I mean face it well and now it has come to really bite us and you are paying a lot. Right. Because if you had faced it initially, I think the effect will not be that much. So I think I'll go for that one. All right. So maybe a sense also of being able to respond quickly to challenges is, is another side of it. I think that was adaptability, is that correct? Agility. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Eric, for calling. Let's keep in touch on this platform as we continue the series. Hello, good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Sarah. I'm calling from Tema Community 22. Sarah, tell me, have you been with this discussion for the beginning? Yes, please. Tell me which one is your favorite of the 10 critical success factors of Constance Wanika. 
I think I I agree with humility and loving life. Charlie, you love the life, eh? <laughs> I would like to live in the moment, not anything. Don't allow anything to hold me back. The way you said, I, I want to live in the moment, it was almost like the lyrics of a song. Which one is your favorite song? A song? Which is your favorite song, Sarah? Mm, at the moment, probably I'll go for Place of Worship by William McDowell. Place of Worship. All right, Sarah, enjoy your evening. You too. Raphael says, Circle of Elders is my favorite. Writing on WhatsApp says, Raphael Edu says, Circle of Elders is definitely my favorite. But he also says he has a place for humility. So, Raphael, I've taken note of your selection, Circle of Elders. All right. So, spirituality is a choice of Daniel Otsin from Achim Suedro. Daniel wants to go for, for spirituality, Constance. All right, let's take the last caller. Hello, good evening. Good evening, this Adam. Adam. Yes, from South Africa. Adam, did he call earlier on and give us humility? No. Okay, so this is a new Adam. Okay, so Adam, which one would be your selection? I would choose uh, embracing challenges. Embracing challenges. Why? Because, you see, when uh, you use the gold as through fire, it makes it shine. Same way, embrace challenges prepares you for the future. That's why I would choose embracing challenges. All right, thank you very much. Um, Constance, I have an artist, a doctor, and a photographer, and a poet from the U.S. And he says, I think humility for an artist is really important. As one finds oneself as an artist, there is a hunger and uncertainty that breeds humility and keeps one growing. And once an artist has made it, there's a real danger that the hunger and uncertainty may flee, killing off the humility. So he says, stick with the humility. And that is from Nana Dazi Gansa writing all the way from the US. Let me give you my own description of Constance before I allow you to close the show. I tried to describe you based on the way you were talking. You, you talked about being a very, a very intense person. You take your time to do what you do. So listening to you speak, five words that describe you in my opinion. You are a very focused person. So when I when I mention the word, then you give me your own judgment, whether it is 60% correct, 80% correct, or 100% correct. So focused, pragmatic, reflective, calculating, and independent. Your scores, focused. 80%. Pragmatic. 70. Reflective, 100. <laughs> 95. 95, calculating. Uh, 90%. And then independent. 100%. All right. So I got it right. I think I, did, I just described you. I hit it right on the nail. Constance, take us home. You have a minute to take us home on the show tonight. What would you tell our listeners listening out there? Um, very interesting. I'm, I think I've bared my soul to you today. Uh, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <does> again. <laughs> Which makes me a little shaky then because no, I'm usually very, very strong at it. So for you to see that soft side of me, that's that's cool. <laughs> it's just because this is the virtual I <laughs> What, what, would you, what, what, would, what should our guests take home after this discussion? Um, what, what's your favorite of the ten? Love Life. Love Life. Love Life, yeah. What's your favorite song? My favorite song? Hmm, I really don't have any favorite. Because I always say that it's not that deep. Life is not that deep. Right. It's not that deep. Right. It's been great having you on the show tonight. We want to thank you for making time to be with us. And we look forward to having you again. In the meantime, on behalf of Comfort, Matthew and Amos, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. My name is Albert Okran. Thank you, Constance Elizabeth Swanika, for making our evening. Good night.
Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, oh, oh. Searching, searching. 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 Searching.